0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. So we get into the Word of God and we continue today in our series on the Sermon on the Mount. And we're in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus moves on now. Last week we talked the whole week about entering in by the narrow gate. If you've not listened to those messages, I encourage you, search for Tom the Preacher right here on YouTube. And look, listen over the last weeks. So I think there are some very, very important messages to understand the Christian life. We want to move on, though, to uh, chapter 7, beginning with verse 15. And we hear about, uh, uh, about false prophets. Look at what Jesus said. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll know them by your fruit. Are you afraid of a wolf? If you were to see a wolf, like if you were out walking around in the forest and you were to see a wolf, what would you do? Would you think, no big deal? Maybe go pet the thing? Or would you say, oh my goodness, I'm in danger. This wolf is a dangerous, dangerous animal. Beware. Well, Jesus said wolves, false prophets can be wolves dressed up like sheep. Now, sheep is not a dangerous animal. As a matter of fact, we're to be sheep. We're to be followers of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. But a wolf is disguised as a sheep, and Jesus says to beware of these false prophets. And I want to encourage you, beware of such a false prophet. They're dangerous. Just as a wolf in the in the wilderness would be dangerous to your physical health and well-being, a wolf in sheep's clothing, a false prophet can be dangerous to your spiritual well-being, your salvation, the salvation of others, as well as to spiritual growth. Now, notice how Jesus says you'll know a false prophet. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you'll know them by their fruits. Several times here he's telling us how we know a false prophet. And a false prophet we often think of uh, uh, only in terms of doctrine. And indeed, Scripture tells us doctrine is important. I often contend on this, on our daily word and prayer, that our Christian religion isn't based on faith. It's based on truth. The foundation of our religion is faith, is the truth of Jesus Christ, who he is, the Son of God, come in the flesh, and what he did, lived a perfect life, died for our sins, was buried, raised again on the third day, and is now exalted into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. Our our religion is based on truth. Faith in that truth is what makes it real and personal for us. excuse me, not makes it real, what makes it personal for us in our reality. But whether you believe it or not doesn't doesn't affect whether or not it's true. Jesus is the Son of God, whether you believe it or not. He died for our sins, whether you believe it or not. He rose from the dead, whether you believe it or not. You see, our religion is based on truth, and therefore truth matters. And we can't be sloppy with the truth. On the other hand, I know of a lot of people who my good friend Rich Suplita calls heresy hunters, who it just seems like are always on the march trying to find someone who disagrees with something they think. And they're analyzing and and nitpicking everybody to try and find them, find, find an area of disagreement. I sometimes think in terms of what I call the four different rooms of Christian unity. And uh, if we can look at them here, if you're looking on YouTube, if you're on the podcast, you won't see this. But what we have are four boxes here. One is the, the outer box is a fence. So this is your living area, okay, your house. And your house is surrounded by a fence. Outside the fence are non Christians, false prophets. I would put in this category, uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Muslims, people who would claim to be religious, claim like uh, to believe in Jesus. Did you know Muslims say they believe in Jesus? They just don't believe he's the son of God. They don't believe he died for our sins. They don't believe he rose from the dead. But you talk to any Muslim, say, oh, yes, we believe in Jesus. Or Mormons want to be considered Christians. They want to be part of the Christian fold. But they have totally different ideas about who the Son of God is and the understanding of God. And keep in mind, religion is first and foremost about God. There there are groups that would claim to believe in Jesus, but they're outside the fence. Because they really are false prophets, false teaching. And then there's here, the next room is the back porch the back porches the people they're inside the fence they're believers but in all pra- in, in all reality you've got a number of differences with one another it would be hard to work together it would be hard to worship together it would be hard to be in the same church together because you just really see things quite differently in in your understanding of the christian life and what god wants of you how we worship how we live etc but they're they're not enemies they're not outside the fence. They're not false prophets. They may see some disagreements with you, but they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we, they, they're welcome inside the fence. They're welcome on our property. They're welcome in our, in, you know, but, but we, we fellowship with them on the back porch. And then you've got the living area, the third box, the living, you've, you, those are invited into the house. And those are believers that you, you see eye to eye on how the Christian life should be lived, how church should be conducted, how we, how we worship God. These are areas that are, are practically more important. People in the back porch, they're in the fence, they're still saved, but the people in the living area are the ones that, that practically you can cooperate with, work better together with, and so on. And so we love, those in all, love all those in the fence. In the, they're in the kingdom with us, but there's some that are easy to, to practice with. And then finally, there's the BR. You can call that the bedroom or bathroom, whatever, but that's your private space. And that's where some things that maybe you'd believe yourself that you just kind of keep to yourself. They're not essential. They don't affect your fellowship. They don't affect your beliefs. They don't affect your working together. They're things you just think about yourself they're, they're things that you can hold to yourself. You don't may need to make a big issue about them. You don't need to divide over them. You don't need to make it become a prominent idea. It's just some ideas that you hold to yourself, and that's fine. But you kind of keep them in your private life, so that it doesn't affect your fellowship and so forth. I think these are four areas of life that, as we think about false teaching, false ideas, let's be careful. People who are on who who can in the fence. And we can fellowship with them on the back porch. That we not be so critical of them that we treat them as if they're outside the fence, as if they're unbelievers, as if they're not brothers and sisters. Because I think this is a tendency that we can have as Christians. It takes great grace, wisdom, and discernment. What are the doctrines? What are the issues that are so essential that if you don't believe these, you're not a believer? you're a false prophet, you're a false teacher, you're outside, you're not in a child of God, you're not in the kingdom. And, and, but there are areas that maybe sometimes we're a little bit too quick to condemn people who are believers in Christ who belong on the back porch because we'd have trouble really fellowshipping with them in church in practical Christian living, but they're believers. This is why the question becomes, what's good fruit? Good fruit, I think, is can be seen two ways. Number one, it honors the person and work of Jesus Christ. It genuinely honors who He is—the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the One who came to Earth, sent by the Father to buy us, to redeem us, to forgive us of our sins, to make us the children of God, to bring us to Himself, to transfer us and rescue, rescue us and transfer us from the domain of darkness. Into the kingdom of God, that's the person of Jesus Christ. What did He do to honor His work? That when He died on the cross, He fully paid for our sins. He fully uh, He was the sacrifice, what the Bible called the propitiation, the full satisfactory payment for the sins we've committed. That's what it would mean to the person and work of Jesus Christ. And first of all, we got to ask does someone really declare that do they state that and if they do they're very likely in the fold they're very likely in the fence they're very likely of God okay you it's the you, how do you say those things without being of God unless you really are a wolf hiding in sheep's clothing you've learned the lingo but you aren't really it's not really what you believe so how can you tell if you really believe it It's not just what you say with your mouth when you're talking about these false teachers, these false prophets. It's what fruit do they produce? And so the question is, what is the right fruit? And the fruit has to do with the the lies of those who listen to these people, who've been taught by these people. And so the question becomes, the good fruit is this, it's disciples or believers, followers of Jesus Christ. Believers in Jesus Christ, okay, who are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, general self-control. They're walking in the Spirit. They're, the fruit of the Spirit is shown in their lives. Particularly, I want to say, that the great evidence of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is you are now living and growing a life of love. This is the mark. By this, Jesus said, By this, all men will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And so sometimes I see people, and well, and then I add a life of love demonstrated by a life of good works, conformed to the image of Christ, and their life is actually changing. Now, this is pretty heavy to think about because often in our day, we have people who are giving sound doctrine. But if any of these statistics and surveys that we're reading about the modern church are true, we have people with right doctrine who are are bearing no real fruit in their life. They're saying the right things. They could pass a doctrinal test, maybe, but their life is no different. There's no fruit there. There's no fruit And there's no change, there's no transformation, there's no growth in genuine love and care for others, care for the lost, care for the body of Christ. And if that's the case, they're not bearing good fruit. Even if they could pass the doctrinal test, they're not bearing good fruit. And so as we think of wolves and sheep's clothing, this is a great warning for us in our day and age. We're going to be talking more about this tomorrow. How do we recognize this? What type of People who would say the right thing but are bearing bad fruit should we be on guard for. But for now, let's keep in mind, beware. And be aware of these four different rooms. Make sure you're not being overly critical of someone who really is in the fold. They're in the fence. They're believers in Jesus, even if they see things a bit differently in how they practically worship God day by day. Let's go to prayer if we could. Father in heaven, we pray that we would take this admonition from our Lord Jesus to heart to be aware and to beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. We know that we live in this tremendous information age where we are undated with teaching and much of it religious, much of it about Christianity. Help us, Lord, to be greatly discerning. We pray for the body of Christ to not be misled, deceived, tricked by false teachers, false prophets who come who are wolves. They're dangerous, but they appear in sheep's clothing. We pray, Lord, for the protection of your church. We pray for godly leaders, true shepherds of the sheep, not wolves in sheep's clothing. We pray for this for the pastors and leaders in our churches and for the church throughout the land. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, we're just beginning to touch on this subject. I hope you'll join us tomorrow and every day. We're here every single day, 8.30 a.m. live uh, on Eastern Time, or you can watch later in the day or listen on the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. I hope you'll be joining us this week as we look into this concept of what is a false teacher, what is a wolf, what is a false prophet, what do we need to be aware of. This is important, important stuff. I love you. If you're new, welcome to the channel. Subscribe to the channel. If you're here regularly, I love you. So glad to have you along. God bless you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.